Yes, it's another big hello to all of our faithful, uh, hard-working and uh, committed listeners to uh, the Two Smoking Guns. Not to mention uh, extremely attractive, uh, (laughs) good-looking. Apparently 25% of the most attractive members of the population listen to this show. Is that right? Hmm. uh, Have we had a head count lately? Statistically very valid. (laughs) Extremely factual. Well, I'll tell you what. um, Hello to you. Hello to you. How are you, Rutsy? Is it cold enough? Mate, I tell you what. I keep getting through my social media feeds, all these people have gone to Europe, and haven't they got the wrong end of the bargain? It's it's about 49 degrees over in parts uh, of Europe. Yes, I I heard that. uh, In fact, I heard, um, uh, I can't remember where I heard it now, but uh, it doesn't really matter, um, that there was a particular uh, bridge in Wales. Yes. Have you heard this? No. And they've wrapped it in tinfoil. <laughs> Why? <laughs> now, we've got enough for about three feet <laughs> based on what we bought at the supermarket. But we might need a bit more. I'm not sure. Now, that's Cockney and that's yeah, English. So it's, it's not, not Welsh. Very, but it's not very Welsh. But the Welsh isn't. I'm not brushed up on my Welsh no. these days. But, um, Are they, yeah, they so just going to use it as a baking well, tray? No. <laughs> Well, no, apparently uh, it, it does act as a reflective yes. of the sun and keep some of the heat out of this bridge. So the bridge is about 8 million years old. Come on, gee, I mean, imagine so, driving on the bridge, the sun <laughs> reflecting in your eye and burn your retinas. Well, I just, well, I just I'd pull over and pull out the bacon and eggs. Oh, I think I'd just I'd come, th- whack a couple on. of sausages, a <laughs> couple of Welsh rabbits on there just to, just to get fried up yeah, and cooked. Yeah, no, I, I, have, I, I have been uh, internally uh, laughing a little bit. They're having a they, shocker yeah. over there. Do you know in France um, there's, there's a fire... That's just burning out of control. It's right. taken 600 hectares out. Right. And there's 900 firefighters backed by aircraft. Yeah. It's a mega fire, they're calling a it. A mega fire. A mega fire. And it's the large, largest fire they've had in France in a billion years. Yes. And uh, it's near Marseille. Uh, down that way. Well, you certainly don't hear of... Um, Heavily wooded land down that yeah, way. That's what I mean. You, you certainly don't hear of um, forestry fires from that part of the world. You you get the old church that gets burnt down from time was, to time. Uh, <laughs> it was started by shelling on an army artillery range. Oops. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, oops. Have they um, have they repaired that church in, in France yet? Was, was it, that's uh, the Notre Dame the church Notre Dame? in Paris. Yes, with the hunchback... Uh, well, I think that's going to take several years to repair. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Well, if it's anything like the one down here in Brighton, it'll take about 400 years because well, they've been working on that for a long they're still, time. They're still waiting on donations from the... Oh, are they? From the... Uh, from the Vatican? From uh, the Consigliere. Oh, the Consigliere. <laughs> He's a bit busy, the Consigliere. Oh, my goodness me. But you're right. Um, coming back to, to our weather in complete contrast to that. Well, their, their weather's going north. Ours is going south, south at a what, rapid rate. I'll tell you what, if we, uh, if we don't see snow here in Melbourne anytime soon, I'll go Because <laughs> I've told you I've got my, my little morning ritual, which is my... Um, my my ode to you know, embracing the day where I stand under the shower. Um, I have a beautiful hot shower, and then uh, I turn the water off, and then I flick it completely to full cold, and uh, throw the three Ks underneath it. And um, but I tell you what. <laughs> You talk about brain freeze when you <laughs> when you have a slurpy. I got, I got brain headache. I, I got brain freeze in the shower this morning, and my head hurt a lot more than it did before I got in. Well, <laughs> by the um, time I got out, I have been a little bit shy of the bay, but oh. I did uh, brace myself on the weekend. Yes, I wandered over, right, and I hopped in up to my waist, right, just to get an adjustment. Yeah, because I was feeling a bit sore in the legs after a game of golf. Right. And uh, after a while, I couldn't feel anything below my hips. <laughs> and nothing. <laughs> nothing at all? At all. And then I thought, do I or don't I? So I did a duck dive. Oh, did you? And you, you uh, under. regretted that immediately. Right. Very cold. Squealed like a young girl. <laughs> And then ran out and of then ran out ran and got... like a startled gazelle <laughs> from the water. I don't reckon your feet would have touched that. I would have fallen surface. over four times because I couldn't feel my feet. Oh my goodness! That's oh yes, cold it is cold, mate. It's cold. Yeah, well, I tell you what. Uh, on that uh, on that note, 
Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the work of uh, one young lass in uh, in one of the publications. Her name is Flip Shelton. Flip, the flipper. And uh, and this headline sort of caught they my call eye. Her flipper, flipper, flipper queen it. of the ocean. Um, hmm. So she's wrote, uh, she wrote an article, uh, and it says, uh, "Here is some cold comfort." So I'm not sure whether they're two words that actually go together. Well, cold and comfort, other than if it's in a, uh, a nice long glass and you're chesting the timber. <laughs> said pub. That's very comfortable. Um, that's very comfortable. Um, so she opens up. Um, have you felt the cold more this winter? Yes. I've got it. And, and she goes on to say she has a couple of th- uh, theories about this. Firstly, we are not winter fit. Oh, well, you're probably right. Right. Sorry to mention the C word, yes. as in COVID, yes. <laughs> so let's just clear that up. Um, but if you dare, cast your mind back and you'll remember that we were locked up for our last two winters due to COVID. Fair enough. Pretty true. Fair enough. 2021, we're all hunkered down and told to can't go anywhere. Bunk it up, hunkered down, um, whatever your terminology. We spent the majority of that time indoors under dunas, or with the heater cranked up. I love this. The heater cranked up to Queensland. <laughs> not, a, not a number. Not a temperature. Just, just Queensland, just right? Queensland, yeah. Secondly, did you know that our body's temperature can shift as our energy levels fluctuate? No, I think that's true too. Yeah, you get a bit fair. tired, you feel a bit colder. Yeah, you, well, you, and you're not moving around as no, much. that's right. So when we're fatigued emotionally, physically, or both, we feel the cold more because fatigue influences the brain the temperature control system, as well as hormonal and metabolic processes. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So that seems to sort of all add up so far. Happy with that. Are we emotionally fatigued? I reckon so. COVID is still in our minds, whether it's um, on our travel plans impacted by star shortages or reading the rise of social disability. Our kids are facing or hearing the daily updates on the number of those who have died with COVID. Mm -hmm. So it's all sort of a bit doom and gloomish, Mm -hmm. which doesn't make you feel warm and fuzzy at all. No, (laughs) no. There's no warm and fuzzy about any of what you just said. So more more broadly, the world is not feeling particularly warm and fuzzy right now with the war in Ukraine and closer to home, floods in New South Wales and Queensland, which have not only had a direct impact on hundreds of people's lives and homes, but affects food supply around the country. So we've got all these negative things happening yeah, and yes. making us feel damn cold. Yeah, where's the happy bits? I'm not <laughs> quite sure. I'm, I'm just going to go back to Queensland and maybe focus <laughs> on that. Um, all this is uh, bad news. Um, sorry, all this, uh, all this bad all news this bad. Can, ha- can have a huge impact on our psyche, despite our best efforts, to look on the bright side of life. The Monty Python you know, The Monty side. Python side of life. <laughs> Are we physically fatigued? Well, many of us anecdotally reported that during the lockdowns, we experienced disruptions to our sleeping patterns. And research is now showing that long COVID um, can mean feeling constantly fatigued, which has been dubbed coronasomnia. Oh, there's another word. Got another word for it. So uh, people just are sitting back I'm, inventing words. I'm suffering from corona somnia. Of course you are. And now, with the increased uh, energy costs, you might be feeling there is no way to warm up. But fear not. There is a way to warm the body, and it's free. Just breathe. Yep, that old cliche. Tibetan monks who practice um, tummo breathing have reportedly increased their body temperature so much they can dry wet towels wrapped around them. Good. Invite one over. <laughs> I want to see that. Save me a fortune. Yeah. Just have a bald Tibetan guy well, standing in the corner the of the room yeah, don't instead have to of my the... heated towel rack. Yeah, don't have to put the towels in the dryer anymore. Just get a Tibetan just, monk. Just go and warm your hands against Brutus. Beefcake uh, over there. There is also a uh, yogic breathe practice, breath practice called Breath of Fire. And Wim Iceman Hoff. Oh, the Wim. The Wim, the Wim Hoff. Man. Yes, the, the, yes. the Ice Man. Very, very familiar he's with his the, work. He's the true Ice Man. Oh, yes. Who has climbed Mount Everest in, in shorts yes. and has developed a breathing technique to accomplish these achievements. Sounds to woo-woo. No, Wim Hoff. <laughs> then take my dad's advice. There's no such thing as bad weather. Just poor clothing selection. Correct. <laughs> no, I I'm totally agree with it. And put on another jumper. Put on another layer. <laughs> That's it. That's well, I think that's a good thing about winter. You can actually keep layering up, but in summer, when 
when she gets too hot, there's only so much you can take off before you get down to the birthday that's, suit. That's very, very true. <laughs> well, I, I like all of that, but it has been a bitterly cold winter. I, 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 I agree with everything you've said there. Very but, chilly. But, but it's all how you dress I, for it. That's true. So I'm going home to put on my ski suit. Correct. That's exactly right. <laughs> I'm talking about uh, icy uh, yes. conditions. Yes. You would have seen this through the week. I just love this. Yes. This is my favourite article in about a month. Right. This is uh, a new ice cream van in New York. Ah, I think I did. And uh, what they're doing is they're building icy poles um, in the guise, in the visage and image of billionaires. Ah. So um, you can buy an icy pole with Elon Musk's image. (laughs) Please. Jeff Bezos's image. I'm not licking those heads. Bill Gates's <laughs> image, or Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, none of them. Or Zuckerberg. <laughs> the Eat the Rich popsicles. They call Eat the Rich. Eat popsicle. the Rich. Uh, echo Jean-Jacques Rousseau's quote during the French Revolution when he said, "When the people shall have nothing more to eat, they will eat the rich." So this very smart young man has decided to sell icy poles, and he's calling them Eat the Rich popsicles. One, they you are invited on the side of the van. You are invited to munch Musk. Oh, please. <laughs> Bite Bezos. <laughs> Snack on Jack. <laughs> Gobble Gates. Oh, no. <laughs> and suck Zuck. <laughs> a, happy, a happy customer posted on Twitter, I've never felt so empowered in my life. Just spent 10 bucks to eat Bill Gates' head. Yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not looking Scamo's head either. <laughs> yes, yes, very good point. I hope it doesn't catch on in Australia. Because yeah, exactly. we'll have Packer Pops. <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have Reinhardt Raspberry Icicles. We'll have, we'll have Twiggy. Twiggy. Twiggy, I don't know. Twiggy Sticks. Twiggy Sticks or something. <laughs> anyway, very, very smart young man. And I enjoyed that story. And uh, we could go on. And, do, and, do those people not have copyright over their name? No, well, I don't, think, it, I don't think the ice balls last long enough <laughs> to, for them to sue. Do, do you think the poor young lad's actually in breach of anything? I think the poor young lad's probably, after this article, and our pr- broadcast of the article, is probably going to be in a little bit of trouble. Oh, who knows? But um, anyway, good on, good on, <sighs> good on them, well, I say. Uh, what do they say? It's... Uh, when things get forced to, to be to be made, it's not the mother of all invention, but there's a, there's a saying around, you know, when it, when a circumstance arises that oh, necessity is, is the mother of invention. Yeah, necessity is mother of invention. That's and uh, and uh, what's the other one? Um, yeah, well, I was thinking. Yes, I was thinking along the lines of. Um, uh, maybe it's unintended consequences right. was where I was going, but it yes. probably has nothing to do with ice balls. No, it's okay. Anyway, you've, uh, you've got a brain well, fog because well you've still got an ice cream well, headache no, from I'm your gonna, shower this I'm morning. I'm going to call these intended consequences. Intended consequences. <laughs> they weren't unintended. No. He intended them absolutely. Well, he's fashioned <laughs> the pops in the shape of the... The people's heads. Yes. Well, I'll tell you what. There were some. Uh, there were some other uh, uh, other creatures on the planet that um, uh, were very intended on doing something. Right. So, um, and and this one caught my eye. And all I can tell you is, it's just called. There's a bear in there. Oh. <laughs> um, so it opens up by referencing the fact that the scene was missing Goldilocks and a third bear, and featured donuts rather than porridge. Ah, so okay. stand by. Right. California, uh, a woman's home almost became a verse uh, fairy tale when a mama and baby bear invaded her kitchen in Monrovia in the foothills of the San Gabriel Mountains. Um, Alice Taylor shared vision of... <laughs> Of the Ursine home invasion, showing the bears snacking on donuts in her kitchen bench uh, after they broke in by removing a window screen. She made some loud noises and the bears left through the same window. And they all lived happily ever after. (laughs) (laughs) So there literally was a bear in there. So you you come down to pack the donuts for the kids to go up to school. Was there a donut that was 
nice but not quite right. There was um, another donut that was just a little bit too hard and the other one a little bit too soft yeah. and then they found the donut that was just right. Just right. My, <laughs> I've got a feeling they're all just right, these donuts, because I don't think there are any left by the time Mama and Baby Bear had their way is with there, said um, donuts. It's, and it's a rhetorical question, yes, Scotty, but yes. is there such a thing as a bad donut? Uh, I wouldn't have thought so. I wouldn't have thought so. No. You know. No. Dough and, I mean, dough you, and sugar, you, it's a pretty you, good combo. Well, have you ever had... I mean, I've had lots of bad, almost everything yeah. across the journey, but I don't reckon I've ever, ever had a bad donut. I don't like the cream-filled ones so much, because no, I, like I like the jam-filled like ones. The hot, the hot jam? I'm a traditionalist. Or the, or the ice-covered uh, ice well, uh, with, with the jam. See, the cold, I, the cold I, jam. I associate hot jam donuts with lots of sugar. Footy. With football victories. Yes. Because you only had donuts when you win. Yes. And, so and therefore, six of them. Yeah. Well, what, wins a <laughs> with, year? With, yeah. more, with more sugar than you'll ever have in the Correct. rest of your life. Correct. So you've, you've you've had quite a few Frosties. Yes. And then you go and have a victory and then you have six donuts and then you are up all night. Yes. <laughs> because of the sugar. Yeah. And, and probably washed down with a couple of steamed dimmies. <laughs> oh, crikey. So, yes. So I have happy associations with my donuts. In fact, I'll tell you what. I, I, I did hear something uh, recently, and speaking about steam dimmies. Um, Which we weren't, but we can. <laughs> no, but I was just listening to a, a, a little uh, session that was being run by a, a couple of blokes um, and asking uh, listeners to um, call in about uh, you know, whether they, they think they'd been ripped off. Yeah. And somebody rang in and said, oh, you know, I get charged for the service fee to buy my tickets to go to the footy and it's eight bucks or ten bucks or something. <laughs> One punter came on and said, well, he said, try this you on for size. He said, how much do you reckon 40 Sims cost up at the snow? $20. <laughs> Five bucks a ticket. Four dimbulas for $20. Hey? That's price inflation right there. <laughs> Cost of living increase. Yeah, and by the time you eat them, they're cold because you're in the snow. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, I've got some more food new, um, information, but we'll be back. Um, we'll take a break and right. we'll uh, talk about it on the other side. Very good. Cheers. Good. So before the break, we're talking about dim sims. <laughs> yes. Mmm. And then we were talking about donuts before then. Mmm. Well, I'll tell you what. And expensive dim sims in the snow. Uh, uh, and they don't taste as good. No. Not when they cost that much. No, they don't. They don't. Because <laughs> you, you start to become critical. I'll tell you what, I wish I had a bit more cabbage in this one. Yeah. Or a bit more, <laughs> right. a bit more carrot. Where's the soy sauce when Normally, you when you're... Picking them up for a buck a pop or fifty just, cents a pop, yeah. depending on where you get them from. They're, um, they're, they're you know, you know, foods. You just wash, you just wash There's foods you just smash, smashable foods, oh, right? Yeah. Dimmies are like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chippies are like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, sausage roll. Yeah, sausage roll. Smash, smash it. Burgers, probably. Dumplings. You, oh, yeah. Smash them. <laughs> Dumplings. <laughs> hey, uh, this is a this is a piece of bad news, especially for the French. On the food off the front. Back, off the back of fires. Off the back of fires and submarines. We now have a big problem. What's the, the problem? The problem's called Raglande Penurie de Moutarde, the great mustard shortage. Oh, no. Correct. A there is no shortage. mustard in in all of France. All the seaside restaurants, they've, they've got a big problem because there's no mustard. So there's therefore no mayonnaise and remoulade and the sauces that accompany a lot of the seafood dishes that we so love from the French. Yes. A heat wave in Canada last year cut by about half the production of brown mustard seeds, which, of course, supply 80% of the French industry. I will had... ask you what the genesis of mustard was. Mustard seeds, of course. Mustard seed, yes. And then, of course, we've had the Ukraine war, which has disrupted transport and you know all of that sort of stuff. Yes. And a very poor French harvest, apparently. Right. So in a country that annually consumes, get this, this is the French. Ooh, is how this much... measured in tonnes? This is measured of, of how many... How, how much by weight of mustard per person the French eat? Well, okay. In, per annum. Per annum. Per annum. Let me, let me have a stab. I reckon, and of course you don't have very much mustard, but they would have it a lot. Yeah, they love it. I reckon they consume five kilos of mustard no, a year. One kilo. Oh, one kilo. Per person, per annum. It's pretty good though. It's good. A kilo yeah, of mustard. A kilo of mustard. It's a bit that's of a lot. It. That'd be a hell of a competition, wouldn't it? 
the mustard-eating competition. Oh, yes. Imagine sitting there with the hot English mustard. Well, yes, you'd, you'd want and it because the Dijon, the Dijon is easy. And the seeded mustard. That's easy. just for amateurs. American mustard's easy. And easy. Um, but it's the hot English that'd get to you, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, be, yeah. You, you got a choice: hot English mustard. Or wasabi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Imagine your head. Your head would just explode. Oh, it? Be like those guys that do the chili eating. Yeah, oh, I reckon that's, probably, that's probably even worse, though. So, died um, from that. So that shortage that I mentioned yes. has prompted uh, appeals from desperate chefs. Oh. Pierre Grandi Girard, boss of La Regatte in Brittany, called on social media for contributions of people hoarding mustard pots. Right. So he's asking people to go into their pantry in their kitchen and bring in the half... Give it back. ...half sucked <laughs> oh. mustard pot so he can get some sauce going. Has, has mustard got a shelf life? No. Oh, it's a, yeah, but it's a pretty long one. Yeah, because I reckon I, you know, from time to time I find a, a one up the back of the cupboard Yeah, there. just mix it up yeah, a bit. It's all right. It might have a little crust on the top. That's okay. Just, just rip that off. Just rip the Band-Aid off and keep going. Mix it up and get going. And, of course, yeah. prices are rocketing. Well, so, yes, the old supply so, and demand, I guess. Yes, so um, mustard is being offered, I'm not sure how big the uh, pots are, for 100 euros. Wow. <laughs> yes, so it's hard to get. Petrol's cheap compared to mustard. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's got a shortage, but I thought, wow. um, there you go. A French would be, well, um, that'd be like us in Australia. Running out of tomato sauce. I was going to say, it'd have to just be the equivalent no, of running out of tomato sauce. Catastrophe. I tell you what, I, I I could run out of tomato sauce. That'd be okay. But if if there was a global shortage of Worcestershire sauce, oh yeah, you'd be in all or sorts. Or HP sauce, yeah, you'd be in all sorts. I think I'd just curl over and die. <laughs> it's right. I'd just sit in the corner and suck my thumb for the rest. What of are you going to put on your baked beans oh. and your bacon? What? I mean, that, all those two sources go into my spag bowl. Do they? Oh, yeah. 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 i got a mate, and I've been trying it. He puts his puts Worcester sauce in his scrambled eggs. Oh, yeah, so do I. Very good. Oh, yeah. yeah no, very real, good. Cracked pepper and wizzy sauce on scrambled eggs and chilli flakes. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Chilli flakes out pretty well. Now, um, now it, ha- it has come to my attention. Attention. It has come to my attention that we are gaining fame on this podcast. Oh, are we? Uh, the two smoking guns. So much so that it what, was, what have we done? Well, it's, it's been, <laughs> well, I don't know what we've done, but we've caught the attention of a band. Oh, have we? And they've written a song called Smoking Gun. Have they? Now, I'm, I don't think it's anything to do with us, but I'm claiming it. Is this possibly going to be our theme song as we go forward? Do you want to have a listen? Yes, because and, uh, we might have to vote on this. We will. We'll have a listen and you can tell me whether you like it. Oh. It's called The Double Happiness.
I'm not sure it captures the the pace of this show. Uh, I I think we're probably a touch ahead of that. I think it's a very nice song. Um, I can't see it being in the uh, Aria's top 100 for very long. Uh, I think it's um, uh, selective. Um, Yes, it's just a nice song. Probably not going to tip out the one we've got. <laughs> sure. No, I thought I'd what play you, you that. No, well, I think it's a terrific little track. Yes. You know, it's a little bit of a double male-female thing there with a bit of like the old uh, spaghetti western guitar going on in the background. It's you a, know, all that um, sort of jazz. It's a, probably a little bit of a dinner party or a cocktail party. Oh, so is it for back, you? Background piece. Fair enough. Yes. Fair enough. Anyway, there you go. Well, I'll tell you what, on the strength that of that... It was brought to my attention. <laughs> On the strength of that, um, I uh, we were lucky enough. My my brother, as I've said to you, um, he went to go and live in the United States of America. Well, um, is he really that lucky? Well, no, I wouldn't sure. want to live there. Anyway, so but he moved there three and a half years ago, Did and he? he's been trying to get back. And uh, <laughs> he a week ago, he he and his wife came back because uh, he's turning fifty. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, we had a uh, we had a little function. On um, Saturday night, we went to the uh, ROCV club. Social gathering. And he, uh, <laughs> he'd hired a room. A soiree. Yeah, a little soiree. It's so about, about 50 people, I guess. But there was an eight-piece band. Awesome. <laughs> that were very, very good. Big uh, band or just a rock and roll well, band? Well, or? not rock and roll, but um, a female lead singer mm. and a uh, male vocalist. and uh, are they doing uh, cover versions Yeah, they were sort of doing cover versions of stuff, yeah. but they just... They, I don't know whether they sort of picked up the, not the theme, but maybe the 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 the, the cross sectional um, mix of those that were there. And I think, thank goodness for those in their late teens and early twenties, because they just bounced to the dance floor like with no with gusto, um, and that sort of just about almost got everybody else up on the dance floor from, at different times. But yeah, it was nice to hear a a, a, a live. Yeah. Eight-piece band. Live bands are good, and yeah. dance floors are fantastic. Yeah, it was very good. I had sore Especially knees. a packed I one. I had sore knees the next day. <laughs> <laughs> Pogo knees, did oh, you? Oh, tell you what, hey? seriously. Not used, not used to getting the pins around the wooden oh. dance floor. <laughs> do you dance much these days? Well. Or do you just jig? I just... Uh, or foot nor- tap. The bands I watch, there's not normally much room, so I oh, just you really... never come away with a sore head. I just come away with a sore knee and ankle from tapping. <laughs> I'm particularly excited jumping up and down on the one spot. Oh, no, it was very, they were very good. and um, But it was good to see my brother and his wife And uh, after three and a half years. But uh, yes, so um, there we go. Another another live band, which I know is right in your wheelhouse. So Right in my wheelhouse. Right in your wheelhouse. Now, the other thing in my wheelhouse, and we haven't mentioned it yet, we should, Cameron Smith. Oh. <gasps> My good. Now I sat up till now, about. I reckon I saw his first four holes in the in the last round. If this isn't the greatest. Well, I saw a package highlight if, yesterday. If this of, isn't one of the greatest um, performances. Unbelievable by an Australian sports person. Un- it was male shot, or female. Four shots off the post going in for the last round. I know that because I watched it. The whole thing. I got up on Sunday morning and watched him implode because he was leading, if you recall. Yes, he was. And I watched Rory chip out for an eagle, and yeah. I watched Cameron get into in, do what I would do on a golf course. Yes, what's that? Uh, he was in a tricky position, and he attempted a, 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 a an outrageously risky shot, which is yes. something I do. <laughs> Handicap 25. <laughs> Out of necessity. <laughs> and he did what happens to my ball. Went oh. straight to the heather and then he had another shot and went straight to the heather oh, again. No. So we had a double bow. Was this in the last round? Not this the last was round. in the third, third round. round. Yes. And, of course, uh, he was four shots off the pace heading in. Yes. And I I had my son over for dinner on Sunday night and he yeah. said, um, what, do you, what do you think? And I said, I think he's a bit too far away. He was $11 going into the last round. Oh, don't tell $11. me that. $11. So uh, he went home 
he sat up and watched it. No, I didn't. I I didn't think he had a show. But uh, then I got a text message in the early hours of the morning. Yes. <laughs> and I did watch that last nine holes. Uh, in fact, his front nine was pretty good. He had two birdies on that, by the way. Yes. And then he had six. Yep. Coming home. Which I don't believe any player has actually had six birdies on the back nine nah. in the last round of nah. the British Open. Nah. That might be in other tournaments. So uh, oh, I want to buy his putter because it oh. seemed to work very well. Oh. <laughs> he was unbelievable. It was, and, and as I say, I, I, I just I had to get, go to work uh, on Monday, obviously. Um, so I pulled the pin. I, I, we, we got home from my brother's function on Saturday night, and I'd s- set up till yeah, three. Yeah, watching that. And then, pretty lazy day Sunday, <laughs> based on that. I only sit up till three o'clock very often. <laughs> uh, might have had a red wine. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, Amnesia protrudes you. <laughs> and then, uh, oh, then we went out to dinner with my brother on Sunday night because I was flying back to the states on on Monday. Um, and the golf came on, and uh, and I got through to about the first four holes of, of uh, Cam's round, yeah. and then I'd had to pull the pin. But I yeah. thought, I need to go back and watch this. So on uh, one of the dial-up channels yes. you can get, they, they packaged yes. up his last nine holes. Yes, it's good viewing. So it was just all... Every shot of his last uh, of his back nine, mm. which was just unbelievable to watch. And, it, uh, quite extraordinary. very humble, humble guy in uh, victory, but uh, his memorable totally. memorable quote when he got the claret jug, they call it. Oh, right. That's the that's the trophy you get if you win the British Open. You get the claret jug, right? And he said, oh, "I'm looking forward to finding out how many beers gets in this thing." And pocketed, uh, if memory serves, 2.4 million US. Do you know what 3. he's won? 3.7 you know million won? Aussie. You know and the he's... caddy gets some of that. You know that? It's like a jockey yeah, yeah, on absolutely. a horse. Yeah. Do you know what he's won this year alone, so far this a year? A lot. 11 million. Large. 11 million. That's a lot of money. I wonder if he's got a tax haven. <laughs> <laughs> he might. If they exist, Hidden allegedly. In that but well done. Kevin yeah, no, Smith. well done. And, in and, fact, we, and, you know, it's been a good uh, month for the Aussies because we had Nick Kyrgios make the final at Wimbledon. Yes, he before, very, he, very well. before he imploded. Yes, that's right. Um, but And when I just mentioned to you that Cam Smith was $11, um, I, I had set myself... Um, to have a couple of bets on some sporting events, and I didn't have a bet on any of them. So how I set myself, I don't know because I missed. So when, when you set yourself on a bet, well, normally it means I'd you spoken, do actually press the confirm bet button. Well, in fact, I tried to get on to Cam Smith, and I had a problem with my app. And eventually, I had to give up because, as I say, he was juicy. That's because you're having too many cold showers. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm clear. Yeah, I, I get brain fog from cold showers, <laughs> not anything else. So I've missed out on the eleven dollars for Cam Smith. Yeah. Um, the other one that I thought was just free money yes. was the Cats to beat the Blues by zero to 99 points. That was $5. What's that? That's free money. It is. Please, um, gam- please and, gamble responsibly. And I, the, the record of Queensland and New South Wales in when, the rugby when, they're da- when they're down in the series, mm-hmm. um, the amount of times that they've actually won the series. Oh, sorry, they've drawn the series, haven't they? So it was one all. Um, but they got thumped in the previous game, and they had about five players out. Oh, they had players out. And I had the COVID. I, well, I had the beware the walking wounded mm-hmm. and those that have had major uh, upheaval. Yep. So the other one that I was that I should have done was North Melbourne. Oh well, we just would have got good odds right? on that. So I think that was about twelve dollars. Yeah. No, maybe even more. Um, Queensland three dollars eighty. And got up comfortably. Yeah, all right. So anyway, well, I... um, that's all good. Well, um, there, um, that's there's a new segment called Scotty's Multi. Based well, on that. well, let, let's just have a quick look at that old son. Uh, so that would have been sixty six times three dollars eighty. Let's round that up to four. So that's uh, 240, 240 to one. Yes. Well, we look forward uh, to your tips uh, <sighs> as we as as we go through the rest of the show. Two hundred and forty dollars to one. Hey, just all right. a little a little uh, yellow note on that or orange note on that. About four grand. We'll be back after the break uh, (laughs) (laughs) while you recover. (laughs) So uh, now that Scotty's got out of the fetal position in the corner, regretting what what he could have won. We're talking about tennis, and I wanted to mention something to you that I think is uh, 
is touted. This is touted as the curtain raiser for the Aussie Open final. Yeah. This game. Right. So it's um, it could be the most heartwarming contest in the history of tennis. It's moved several steps closer. Uh, with 98-year-old Ukrainian player, <laughs> you heard right, 98-year-old Ukrainian player Leonard Stanislavski accepting a challenge by Adelaide's 98-year-old Henry Young, young by name, <laughs> young by nature, to square off in the Clash of the Centurions. Oh, I love it. To raise funds for the, those suffering in Ukraine. Right. Uh, Henry Young's... No, no, young by name. Yes. His friends at Adelaide's Memorial Drive Tennis Club alerted him to the fact that Stanislavski had been listed by the Guinness Book of Records as the world's oldest tennis player. Did he win the Russian Open in 1912? <laughs> the only issue is that Young is six months older than Stanislavski. Oh, what a clear advantage. So um, <laughs> what he's done is Henry Young sent him a video message and he said... Um, yeah, well done, and hope you're going all right, because he was in war-torn Ukraine. Yes. Um, and he said, I'll propose a match between us uh, for a charity, right, just to, to raise money. It yep. doesn't matter that you're older or not. And if he said, the rules are, if, if you win, Stanislavski, you keep his title. If I win, we list it as a joint entry. Right. Which is very, very magnanimous of him. You know, he said, rather than fight over the title based on her birthday, I thought it'd be more fun if you and I played a tennis match on neutral ground to raise money for... It's now being championed by government figures in Ukraine and Australia. And the deputy mayor of Vinitsia in Ukraine, where this guy lives, yes. uh, he's recorded a message, message of support for the initiative and he's promised to help with the dispersion of any funds raised to war victims. Right. And now it's over to Daniel Andrews and Australian Open organisers to make it happen. Well, that would be Mr Craig Tyrrell from the um, yes. Australian Open. Watching Henry and Leonard battle, battle it out would be a sight to behold. And I'm sure tennis fans would get behind it to raise funds for victims of the war. It would also be, I just hope they don't play five sets. <laughs> because they might not make it till the I'm end. I'm going broken hips two. <laughs> and mate, they'd want to get that match going pretty quickly. They're both 98, right? <laughs> they'd want to start early in the morning. They'd want to start tomorrow. <laughs> Oh. But that would be wonderful, wouldn't it, to watch? Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, that'd just good just fun. let them uh, just let them play one set, just just one just, set, just one best, set. Best of you know, best, best of, of five best, games, best or of something. four games in one set or uh, something. Yeah. You know, that's good. I like it. I like a heartwarming story on no. the two smoking guns. No, I agree with you. Now, um, I know this is one of your <laughs> favourite topics, and right. I can't stand it. Um, Monkeypox. Well, well, it's I, just got—it's just a great name. Isn't I just—it it, it conjures up all sorts of horrible things for me. I, you know, makes you itchy, doesn't it? Well, it just makes it, you itchy. It, it makes you feel just genuinely uncomfortable. <laughs> it does. Um, the the US is forecasting an increase in monkeypox cases in uh, in the coming weeks because it does not have enough vaccine to meet the demand. Yeah, that's just—that's just something you don't want to hear. You got—you got this. Infectious, repulsive disease going north, yeah. and you've got the vaccine going south. Yeah. <laughs> That's just not a good thing. It's not a chart. Concern has grown, especially in New York, the epicenter of the US outbreak, with nearly 390 cases counted as uh, as of many? July 14th. This is out of Africa. The US, yeah, yes, the US has had at least 1,470 cases. The illness is characterised by lesions on the skin. Have you seen pictures well, it's of like this? chickenpox, but it's monkeypox. <sighs> characterised by lesions, lesions on the skin, often on the genitals or the mouth. Oh. That's just two places you don't want to get this thing. <laughs> Usually accompanied by a fever. Well, that's probably the upside, that's right? The upside. It's a bit of weight loss on the way through, <laughs> right? Um, sore throat and pain in the lymph nodes. So it's all upside so far. It, <laughs> it, it generally like clears up on its own, but it can be extremely painful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have a guess where. Hey, can it kill you? Well, it just probably says it can. can be extremely painful. I guess if you don't treat it, then you, you, probably, don't, you probably don't want to experiment, is my thought nah, on that. Thought so. um, Rochelle Walensky, director of the Centre of Disease Control and Prevention. Thank goodness they put prevention <laughs> <in the end. laughs> 
acknowledged the demand for vaccines currently outstrips supply and said authorities anticipated an increase in cases. So there you go, my friend. Your uh, your your little monkey pox that you love so much, uh, you can rejoice. It's on the way up. The monkey's out of the cage. The monkey- <laughs> The monkey's out of the cage. <laughs> oh, that's getting oh. ridiculous because I've, I've had my fourth booster. Oh, have you? Because I'm going overseas oh, and I've had to... my two shingles. Right. And now I need to go and get a monkey pox, do I? I wonder what oh. that looks like. Yeah, it comes, it comes on one of those lollipops. Does it come like it a barrel of monkeys? Does it come out of the chain like a barrel of monkeys? No, it, 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 it's it's those sea monkeys that you oh, tip just, into the water. I saw them today. Oh, did, did I tell you, you I went to the zoo today? Sea monkeys? I went to the zoo. What's a sea monkey? You know those things in the water that are shaped like a question mark. Yeah, they look at they sort of look a bit like a seahorse. Yeah, like a seahorse. Well, seahorse, sea monkey. Oh, are they the same thing? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) So now we've got monkeys and seahorses that look alike. I don't know. Sea sea seahorses are the ones I was thinking of. I tell you what, sea monkeys were the things you used to get as a kid in a packet. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't want to get it mixed up with fizz. Don't get those in the milk bar anymore. You didn't want to get it mixed up with the fizz. With the sherbet fizz. (laughs) Remember that with the little plastic (laughs) spoon? Uh oh, I've just had a mouthful of (laughs) seahorse. This just made me laugh. The day I won't say who did this until much further in, but the day that this person set fire to Lindsay Fox's trackie dacks. <laughs> what could possibly go That's wrong? Career here? limiting move, I would have thought. Um, former St Kilda coach Tony Jewell oh, yes. um, has revealed details about the bizarre movement that one of his players, and I'll leave his name out for the moment, set fire to Saints president Lindsay Fox's tracksuit pants at a 1983 players fundraiser. <laughs> so Lindsay's there to get, give some coin, and this banana's managed to burn it all in his pocket. <laughs> Joel rated the controversial uh, uh, player uh, as the, the most difficult player out of the hundreds he's coached. Oh, okay, this is going to be a great guessing yeah, yeah, game. Yeah, because right, right. I'm going to ask you to guess who this was, right? Because uh, there's a few, there's a few, there's a few that can stand up and take the mantle. But it was this player's antics at Moorabbin, um pleasant Sunday morning, pleasant almost 40 years ago to raise money for the players' end, end of season, season trip. trip. Yeah, yeah, great. <laughs> that stands out in Jules' memory for all the wrong reasons. I remember, said player, setting fire to Lindsay Fox. Jules told the Herald Sun. He was on a podcast, right? Um Trevor Barker, who organised the Sunday morning drinks, <laughs> that yes. always goes well down at Moorabbin. Pleasant Sunday morning. Uh, to raise money for the football trip away, and Lindsay turned up. Yeah. Um, said player walking up to Fox and flipping the elastic in the back of his tracksuit pants and then letting them go from behind. <laughs> so he's given, he's given Lindsay the old he's twang. He's given a bit of a twang. <laughs> right? He did it half a dozen times, and Lindsay just ignored him. <laughs> That was to his peril as this player went back the next time and dropped a big roll of toilet paper in the back of Fox's pants and then set fire to the toilet paper. The flames just took off and Lindsay was jumping around with these flames. Then player was dropping cigarette butts in his pockets. <laughs> well, he hasn't just stopped at the duddy roll. He's got a couple of buggers and put oh, those in there too. Yeah. Fox is one of Australia's uh, biggest businessmen. I was going to say, you world. know what that is? It's looking the gift horse in the mouth oh, a bit because he's what? a benefactor of yeah, the club well, and I mean, president. He, the, the loose change that Lindsay would have been carrying would have sent them to the Bahamas for three <laughs> weeks, right? <laughs> Uh, Fox is one of Australia's biggest oh. businessmen, with his personal wealth said to be more than $25 million in the 1980s. Well, back then. Right? Yeah, with Lynn Fox turning over $75 million at the time. Lynn Fox is now valued more than $4 billion. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but that didn't stop said player, who played 82 games in stints at four clubs. Right. I reckon you've got this. Um... Well, I won't tell you who the clubs are yet. Um, from making Fox at own wedding butt of one of his infamous pranks. Uh, Jules said, said player was a nightmare to coach <laughs> <laughs> at two of those clubs in particular, yeah. both on and off, on the, and field. off the field. Uh, this player booted 41 goals yes. from 10 matches yes. 
In only his first season at one of those clubs, I reckon you've got this, (laughs) including 10 goals for against Sydney. But Jules said he costs them almost as many with his alarming lack of (laughs) defence. We sacked him because fullbacks and opposition defenders were running off him, Jules said. (laughs) He was kicking a goal a quarter, but they were probably creating eight or nine goals by running off him. Jackson would. Uh, yeah, I know. Who it is. There we go. So Jackson would later go on to fame as an actor, entertainer, and singer. So he played at Richmond, Melbourne, Saints, and Geelong. Yeah, he did. Um, and as I say, he booted forty-one goals from ten matches uh, in his uh, his only season. Only season. He only played one season with the Saints. Yeah, did he? In nineteen eighty-three, <laughs> including ten goals for, as I said, against Sydney. <laughs> Yes, but you'll see cost them as many with his alarming lack of defence. So there we go, uh, Jacko, um, famous for so many things, <laughs> spinning the ball on his finger, um, setting Lindsay on fire, <laughs> and uh, costing us more games than the, uh, that he endeavoured to win off his own boot. <laughs> because he was just a nightmare, according to Tony Jules. Oh, there we go. There he is, Jacko. He used to do handstands in front handstands. of fullbacks and all um, that sort of did stuff. Did you ever see quite a, an infamous interview between him and Mike? Uh, who's the footy scribe? That is Mike just, Williamson? Yeah, no, no, no. He was a commentator. Mike, Mike. Oh, open Mike. Yeah, open Mike. Mike, um, yeah. what's his name? Yeah, yes. yeah. That, that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brain fog. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm going to Mike Sheehan. Mike Sheehan. Yeah, and I'm going to make this call. Yes. I reckon Jacko was very intelligent. Yes, but he just put it on a bit of an act. Yeah, because he did, a, he did, because he did a comedy tour with Chopper Reed. With Chopper Reed. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that have been a sellout? Can you imagine? Two of the rudest heads. All, all, all I can conjure up in that scene is, uh, what, what was the film? Was it the Blues Brothers where they were just throwing cans at them in the <laughs> yeah, pub? And, sure you know, that. Um, uh, but, I, but I remember, and I've seen it a couple of times, this interview with, uh, with Sheehan and um, Jacko, um, and Jacko was very clever with his words. Oh, he, yeah. he was almost a very good negotiator and he he just about had the best of Sheehan yeah. and Sheehan was a, a lifetime scribe and interviewer yeah but um yeah I reckon deep down there was actually uh, uh, quite an intelligent individual <laughs> in, <there. laughs> in amongst that facade well of course um there's a bit of uh, history down at the St Kilda Footy Club about setting people on fire <laughs> <laughs> oh, did it involve it's small people small people <laughs> <laughs> Moving right Moving along, right I'm along. not even because Sir Bufton Tufton the third iPhone is just about to we're barnstorm the studio. We're not going there. Nah, no, we're not going to go there. We're not going to go there. No. What have you got for me? No, well, on. I think we need to move right <laughs> yeah, away yeah, from yeah, that. Yeah. Oh no, you were going to tell me about ten pin bowling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was going to tell you about what. Oh, I don't want to use this one either. This was. Um... No, that's uh, too non. Well, while you while you fossick through, do you want me to tell you about? Um, okay. uh, I got a couple, but uh, no, I can't use I'll that share either. In the me- I can't. I can't use <laughs> that one what, either. What, what, while you go through and work out what you can and can't say, I'm, getting, what a, I, I I'm really, filtering myself. Yes, you, you've thrown it all away. <laughs> oh, so I, I can imagine it was either too fruity or well, this or too controversial. This, this one here, I'll just give you a bit of a. A feel oh, for careful. it. Careful. He's at the uh, door. He's at the door. This one, um, it's just that his name was Chris Pincher. Oh, yes. And he was caught Pincher doing, by name, Pincher. Yeah, he was caught doing something, but yeah. I won't go there. Yeah, righto. Um, and it wasn't nicking I, stuff I, either. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I come across, there's always an article in a paper called 50-50, you know, where people sort of yes, write in and yes. have their opinions. Well, I it's like, called I like, 50-50 because it, 
yeah, purports sort of, to show yeah, both sides of yeah, it. Yeah, a bit of yin, bit of yang, you know. <laughs> yin and uh, yang. Um, uh, the, famous, anyway, the famous Chinese brothers, yin and yang. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, a lady by the name of Rebecca Whitfield Baker's insightful uh, reminiscing um, which he wrote back on the 10th of July, will evoke memories of parents and grandparents who grew up in the 20s, 30s and 40s whose lifestyle was so much simpler and socially supportive. Indeed, there were things from that time celebrating and holding on to. The values of the time nourished our souls and enriched and strengthened our sense of duty and love for our nation and all it stood for. I wonder what values and beliefs form the foundation for children growing up these days. Oh, okay. This is a, of mor- which there a moral was, piece. Of which there was a rebuttal from um, Glenn Waverley, uh, PM. <laughs> Glenn Waverley. Yeah, 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 Glenn, yeah, Mr. Waverley's son. Mr. Waverley's son, um, Glenn. So, no, PM from Glenn Waverley wrote, I'm definitely in favour of our children being taught respect of everyone, regardless of colour or creed. Yes. I also respect fully that our Aboriginal forefathers were the original owners of the land, yes. but object that Australian people are being blamed for what happened in the past. Yeah. This is um, PM's opinion. Yes. If only our schools would teach more of our early history and be proud uh, how so many of these early convicts... Sorry, let me start that again. If only our schools would teach more of our early history and be proud how so many of these early convicts formed the Australia of today. Now, that's fine. But, the, and you and I have spoken about this in recent weeks, about the um, the teachings of what Australian history should be, and, and I concur with that. Um, so, anyway, that was an interesting piece, but this whole thing around respect, I, I, think there's, um, I think there's a big chasm these days, unfortunately, for a whole bunch of reasons. With respect, um, we've run out of time. <laughs> oh, no! Yes. <laughs> yeah, we just have too much fun. Um, well, you know, our listeners have had some fun and got a giggle out of some of those things. Well, you hope um, so, don't you? Yes, and uh, thank you for not reading your last couple of articles. Um, would, would have been... Would have been... Would have been... A bit of self-censorship is a good thing. Difficult to come back next week, possibly? Possibly <laughs> not allowed. Like you have a great week. You've been listening to Two Smoking Guns, 88.3 Southern FM, and podcasts everywhere. 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 Every streaming service, everywhere. See you, buddy. See you, mate.